lovely podcast friends. How are you doing? How is your life going on? We are already at the last day of the week, so I sincerely hope you had a lovely time. I have a fully loaded show and let's have a look at what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about Catalonia, we're gonna talk about Brexit, we're gonna talk about the problems in Europe and why the ruling elites and the ruling parties don't like what's happening. I'm gonna announce a great barbecue for this Sunday, which is gonna be fun and gonna be great to re- to make an effort to get the contact with the city of Eindhoven to a more normal level. I got an interview with Audrey Gildry. He is a China vlogger. He's living in China for a long time, and we're gonna talk about what's good and what's bad about living in China. But first, the more important things. If you are checking out the site hofprover.com, you will see that a lot of things are changing. And the most important change for me is that this podcast is really taking pace where a normal episode would have between the 5 and 25 listeners. Now an episode has around the 300 listeners, a show. Well, if you then take into consideration that I still need to get the podcast linked for iTunes and do all of those uh, great things. We, uh, it's clear, we are getting there. Uh, after a long time of struggling and working and fighting... After almost a year, we are there. We are getting to the volumes that you need to drive money in. And that's what's all about. So it's just to all of you lovely listeners, I would say a very, very, very big thank you. And don't forget, you can share the show. You can tweet me. You can tweet me at Lodewijkhoff. And I look forward to hearing back from you. And that means we're gonna move on to Catalonia and the Brexit. I think what's happening there is the same. And what you saw in Catalonia, it's terrible. I mean, people held a referendum that was illegal. So it has the same legal binding if all my podcast listeners decide that I'm gonna be the ruler of the world. There's nothing to say. It's just not gonna work. But the people held a referendum and the Spanish police thought it was a great idea to simply knocking into people who are unarmed with their hands standing with their hands up standing in a line to go voting i mean these are the things that i always expect with dictators where i don't know if you saw the movie sasha cohen uh, the great dictator it's a really good comedy movie i strongly suggest you listen to it and you have a look at it but especially with the final part you see that there is a voting in his dictatorship country and you see there were two lines, one for him and one uh, two ways to go voting, one for him and one for the opposition, and democracy and freedom. So a tank just helps motivate people to vote the proper thing. And it's for me just but I mean what you see now in Catalonia is that Monday the Parliament holds a session. That's made illegal. So democratically vo- elected people are going to vote. They're gonna talk, they have a meeting. And no matter what they talk, they have a meeting. That's illegal. I mean, it is insane. What it should be is that they said from, it is legal because at this moment they have not done anything illegal on that session. How can they declare independence from, from, from the Spanish government if they are not meeting? And it could be that they are declaring independence, but what if they say from, hey Spain, we need a better deal, it is not working. And what the interesting is, what people need to realize is, if you look at Europe, big countries aren't rich. Small countries are rich. The richest member state of the European Union is Luxembourg. 
a small country where the people who drink the most vodka in the world, with people who smoke the most in the world. Last one is, I believe, I'm not sure about it. Ah, well. So, it's, and then there are a few hundred thousand people living, and what people forget is that they are the richest country in Europe. So, see it like this. Why are Germany, Italy, Spain, France failing? I mean, the only rich uh, Scandinavian country is Norway. And don't get me wrong, I really love Scandinavia, especially Finland. If you go there on a fresh salmon for almost nothing on the grill, uh, to have it grilled on a fire in the wood with snow, take a sauna, jump into the lake, and yes, obviously all naked. Oh, it's just lovely. I would go for it, seriously. But that's that. And what, they, and what you see is with the Brexit, people were saying, well, the British are not stupid. They're going to vote to stay within the European Union. Well, and definitely we know one thing that they did. They voted. And they voted to leave the European Union. And I think it's a smart move. I mean, if you look, what does Catalonia have to get from Spain? Um, the Spanish economy is going terrible. Um, Barcelona is doing properly. You could make from Catalonia something like Liechtenstein, a small country no one really cares about. But look at the, if you look at the map of Spain, Ibiza is just a party island. Make it an independent party island. If the Canary Islands leave the European Union, they are no longer the problems with the refugees. Then they could simply say, well, yeah, well, say what Cap Verde, which is in the same area, says. Well, welcome, you can live here, but you have to pay yourself and finance yourself. And after one month, you have to go to the police and get your uh, license that you are allowed to live here. Get a stamp in your passport. So, it's just that I say, Europe is failing on all sides. It's cracking down. And you see that, and now, thanks to social media, thanks to the internet, thanks to the global war for news in the news business because yes it's a business and CNN is in the money in the business of making money we can see things we can see how the police is beating up people who go to vote I mean realize it voting you go voting and there's a good reason for the police to beat you up no offense but why not do that with people who are shooting at people why not do that with people who rape kids or is the police in Spain too busy for that I mean it's insane. You see there is a global transition happening. People are no longer happy with the powers they got to place. The people who are losing thanks to the powers that are in place are taking back. And you saw it with the Brexit where the biggest newspaper, The Sun, and before you start talking to me what's bad about The Sun, yeah, but people buy voluntarily that newspaper. They spend money to get the newspaper. So who are we to say that's bad? The newspaper is a business. And The Sun had on this... Uh, uh, for, uh, cover basically when it was Brexit referendum Independence Day and that was the moment that I was sure that Brexit was gonna go through and that Brexit Brexit's gonna be great okay there are now some small hiccups but those hiccups can we make money on so I would strongly suggest have a look at the Brexit report hofprofit.com slash Brexit So let's have a, after the Brexit and Catalonia and also the elite, it's time to have a quick chat about the, f the listening success and the sources that are now driving all those listeners in. 
And the great thing from a podcast is that you can see where the listeners are coming from. And so I can tell you for sure that most of my listeners are at the moment from the United States and the Netherlands, especially the cities of Seattle, Las Vegas and Amsterdam. That are the cities that I drive most of my traffic for most of my listeners. And I'm now everyone that I know is now posting my podcast and getting it out and getting the message heard. So that's really great. And the reason I'm doing it also is partly because due to the issues with the city of Eindhoven, I'm terrible behind with everything. And today I will just get another thing of my to-do list done. But that thing had to get done before the holidays, summer holidays. So it's a bit late. And I was just getting everything out, getting the pushes out and try to drive and push it all forward. And the interesting part is now that Next Sunday, uh, I'm gonna have a barbecue with sardines. Oh, I love sardines on a barbecue. And just in front of me is sitting someone, and I'm just wondering, is he gonna also join the barbecue or not? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, there's a smile. Someone is laughing, so that means mm-hmm. that we're gonna have a barbecue, and all the talks will be off the record. But an elder man is just popping by because he wants a normal relationship. I think that when the city of Eindhoven informs her about everything that happened, I don't think that she, that she will expect a normal relationship to happen ever again. And the reason that I say so is, in the past years, if I could do, could tell the truth which would hurt the city of Eindhoven, I would do it. I mean, to give you a clue, I'm working on a, as a freelancer on a project uh, in the tourism field. I want to get a train to, basically I got shares in Belmont. And I'm working on the plan to get the Orient Express from Monte Carlo to Antwerp. If I was to have a good contact with Eindhoven, that would go a monthly trip, Eindhoven, Monte Carlo. But I had a bad contact, so it's gonna be Antwerp. That's a quick bin. And just finalizing the plan and then get the money and get the line out, get the, get it going. So having that said, it's just something and everyone will understand how a train would work and it's all common sense. No one will make it tough to how this works. And what I would simply say is, that's just one thing. I mean, I keep pushing the city of Eindhoven towards less jobs and less foreign investment. And I must admit, it's not difficult. I mean, we have a city of Eindhoven uh, is ruled by people who are simply trying to do everything to drive you out. If you want to build a new building, no, you can split your company over six locations in the town and get it out. You, they try to make it illegal to drive in with a car because it's bad for the air pollution. But how could you go to a city center? The town center is already getting more and more vacant spaces. And to be honest, I don't see a future for it. If I look at the past, if you were walking to the city center on Saturday, you were standing in the queue with people to go into a shop. Now you can quickly walk through the town center on a Saturday. It's just a difference. Well, but the barbecue is gonna be good. Just an off-the-record chat, and let's face the fact: always there is always a good reason to have some sardines on the barbecue. I mean, who cares? It's a lovely smell. Have some wine with it, some bread, some salads. It's all gonna be joyful and great. And I would simply say. An off-the-record chat would be really good to get things smoothened up, to get some things the positive route again. Because what, this is the interesting part for me, is that the city of Eindhoven was trying a lot of things this year to get the town linked up with a lot of things. 
and they figured out and they came out that my company owns quite some uh, franchise rights and other rights that makes everything for them really tough to get around me let's say it this way if they would if we would work around would together then in the next five years i could get the city of eindhoven to an annual twenty-five thousand people visiting it and now i just see that someone is stealing my coffee <laughs> someone <laughs> is snitching coffee that's really bad are you recording a podcast and then people are snitching your coffee mm. we shouldn't have made it that uh, late last night <laughs> <laughs> so that's one thing now i'm just wondering what are the podcast listeners thinking thinking that we had that i've done last night well you know what Sa- you can leave a comment below or send a tweet you can tweet me at Lodemike hof and now someone is thinking i believe oh help what are they going to get in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well now but it's going to be interesting and it's going to be good and next week i have one meeting that uh, to close the financing deal for the first parts in this field and then we can move on and take it step by step by step by step by step and the sad thing is that where we are now in listeners and traffic and everything that was expected to be reached in february march april now for my budget i always take into account that basically it took longer but that would mean not that long it's just not really worth the city basically ruined this year and i'm and the bad thing for them is i'm looking for revenge well after a quick break we're gonna have on to the interview with audrey or our great china vlogger And that means it's time to have a chat with Audrey. Audrey is a China vlogger. That is important to know because he is living in China. He can tell you why living in China is better than living in the West. For example, compared with Europe, you have no problems with referenda in China. That's all being smoothed and you know how it's going there. And you have higher economic growth and all those great things. Um, but also he's a vlogger and his vlog is reasonable successful. It depends a bit how you define success, but I think it's doing great. And so we're also going to have a look on and talk about what is needed to have a good, profitable, successful vlog. What's needed to become the next YouTube hit? And why should you go for it? I mean, we are just talking from it and it's interesting to have a look at it. And he is not living in Beijing and he's not living in Shanghai. He's living somewhere else. He will say that in this interview. And with the interview, you can just... See it for yourself. It's an open invitation. Uh, I decided that from Hong Kong I will pop in there once and just have a look at the area and take it from there. Interview some internet mar- some marketing guys, some entrepreneurs, some people just from the field and have a look at it. And it's going to be interesting. But we're also going to talk about the tough parts. What's tough about being living no- somewhere else? And that's it. So I s- hope that you enjoy the interview. And here we go. Wow, thanks for having me. Uh, the honor is all on my side. On my side, um, you're a vlogger. You are living in China. Why did you move to China? Well, um, I moved to China really because I was uh, I was interested in China. I mean, a lot of people come here because they're out of work or they, you know, can't find anything <coughs> interesting or they're looking to change their lives. But I was really just interested in China. Uh-huh. Uh, I was interested in the language and the culture and seeing something different than you know than what i could see back home and that's that's kind of how i i fell into it i had a chance to study abroad 
And um, while I was studying abroad, I kind of, you know, it was, it was immediately apparent, like, you know, oh, this China thing is awesome. I can do this for a long time. <laughs> so I've stayed. And six <laughs> years later, here I am, still here. Okay. And you're not living on your Twitter profile, at Let's China Sleep, you say you're not in Beijing or Shanghai. Why not? Uh, I don't see, I don't really see the appeal, to be honest. Um, I don't see the appeal of Beijing or Shanghai. Like, I've been to both cities, and they're just, like, concrete jungles, you know, with no personality, no, no vibe. I don't feel really any culture. Beijing's best days are far behind it. Uh, Shanghai seems a lot like uh, any other city in the world. There's nothing really attractive in those. So I chose to live in Chengdu, which is in southwest uh, China, mm -hmm. in a province called Sichuan. And uh, I like it because it's, it's a really great mix of old China and new China. It's got a lot of the modern conveniences, and you can get just about everything you want here. But it really has like a... You can tell that you're in China, and it has its own distinct kind of vibe and its own distinct culture here. So that's why I chose Chengdu. It's kind of the best of both worlds. Sounds lovely. Must admit, really. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sounds great. Ah. So, what do you miss most compared to home? I'm sorry. Can you say that one more okay. time? Uh, what do you miss most uh, compared to home? <coughs> oh, what do I miss most about home? Yeah. Um, I think probably the thing I miss the most, uh, I, I guess just seeing family and friends, really. I mean, that is kind of the, the biggest cost of living abroad is that you don't get to see friends, you don't get to see family, you lose touch. You know, mm -hmm. you lose touch no matter, you know, no matter how much you try, you know, the, the clock keeps ticking and... You know, year after year, you miss more and more Christmases, more and more birthdays. And there are deaths in the family, and there are, you know, things happening, and it, it sucks. You know, that's probably the thing is those relationships. I don't miss a lot of food. I don't miss um, really anything except family or friends. Yeah, I mean, well, everything else is all right. As a European guy, I can say the food in China is way better than... Here it is, but <laughs> well, it's not that tough. Yeah. I must admit, it's not that tough. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite. I mean, it's it's kind of unbelievable when you first get here. You're like, oh my god, like you, it's a whole different world uh, with food. Yeah, it's it's insane how how different and how much variety there is. You know, um, it, I, I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, there's eight different schools of cooking. Uh, well, there's none now. They just added Mongolian food to the list. And, uh, you know, even within those schools of cooking, every every town, every city, every province has its own specialty. It's, it's nuts. <laughs> Definitely it is. If you look at uh, living in China, what are the biggest differences compared to the United States where you are from? Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, the biggest difference is... I mean, there, there's a few, there, there's kind of a couple ways to look at it. I mean, there's there's differences uh, kind of on the surface, ones that can immediately stand out. Uh, and things like that would be like uh, driving, which can be just nuts here. Uh, that's, that's something that's just immediately apparent, is that you know, driving, 
and just walking, people just jaywalk like crazy. They walk across the road at any time and they turn at any time, no signals. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. a, an immediate difference, of course, along with food, um, language. The language is very, very different. Um, and then there are things that may not be immediately apparent, mm-hmm. which are more subtle, like the way that uh, relationships work, the way that people may not tell you exactly what they think. They don't say exactly what they mean. They'd rather tackle things indirectly than directly. Um, you will be slow to criticize, even if they really deeply dislike something you're doing. Um, there are differences in education that may not be apparent, but will become apparent later. So there's quite a lot. Uh, there's almost kind of too many to count. <laughs> it's a fundamentally different culture. It is its own thing. So if you think about it, you have your own vlog. Why did you start a China vlog? Uh, well, I started it, I think, because there wasn't really much information out there at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started making my vlogs, it was 2011, early 2011, like January, and I was researching all this stuff out of the city I was moving to called Lanzhou in northwest China, and I couldn't find any information about it. I, I mean, I found one little blog that had been written by some guy back in 2007 or 2008, mm-hmm. but that was it. Um, I couldn't find any information. So, you know, I went on YouTube and I found Winston's videos, uh, Serpent ZA, for anybody who may or may not know. And then I found uh, another guy, Seamilk, Laowai86. Um, so I found their videos and said, wow, that's a, that's a good idea. Uh-huh. You know, uh, although they're down in Guangdong, uh, it's a totally different world from where I was going to go. But I said, you know what, I want to make videos to help people out. I want to give them information about the place that they're going to be moving. If someone's going to move to Lanzhou, if someone's going to move to China, I want to help them, you know, learn what this place is really like. So that's how it got started. I must admit, uh, as a person who's going to make the jump within a few months, really helpful videos, really nice stuff. <laughs> really nice things. I so, think. Uh, can you say that again? I'm sorry, oh, I couldn't sorry. hear you. Uh, as a person who's gonna make the jump himself in a few months' time, I must say, nice videos like them. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> yeah, so you're gonna make the jump too, huh? Yeah. I'm talking of uh, everything happening in Europe, and I'm a European guy, mm-hmm. I'm partly sighted, I'm already over there in Hong Kong, and I'm just looking at, well, it sucks, the people are not that great. Mm, let's finalize yeah. our corporate stuff and make some nice money then. Sure. Get on an aircraft and have fun. Yeah, sure, definitely. I mean, come on over, go. I mean, if nothing else, it'll be an adventure. <laughs> yeah, well, worst case, you learn something. Well, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, either yeah. way, you'll learn something. Yeah, so that's it. I mean, but getting back to the uh, to the vlog, and how did it help you um, being accepted as an expat and as an American guy in China? How did the vlog help? Um, yeah, I don't think it really has helped um, in too many ways. I mean, it's been, I mean, occasionally I've run into people who have watched some of my videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, that's fairly rare because like, I don't, I don't hang out a lot uh, with other expats, um, at least not until recently. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I never really ran into people who'd watch my videos until you know the past year or so. So that was uh, so it didn't help me for the first five years that I made videos. <laughs> but okay. um, yeah, I suppose that if I had to if I had to think of anything, it'd probably be like the videos. They kind of force me to step outside of myself and see China from kind of outside. I'm like, well, what do people want to know about China? What are people curious about China? So it helps me be kind of introspective and it helps me kind of reflect on what I'm experiencing. Um, plus, it's kind of like a diary. I can see what I looked like five years ago or six years ago. I can see what I was doing all that time, you know. And so mm -hmm. yeah, those are, those are, I mean, I guess if I had to pick anything, it'd be that. Okay, and <coughs> for those who are going to make the jump or thinking about making the jump, you have a few suggestions or things to say as input? Ooh, um, <laughs> well, I would say one, learn Chinese. Uh, if you're going to come over to China, learn a bit of Chinese first. You don't have to be fluent, but I'd say learn like numbers, learn a few like survival Chinese things like buying things at a shop. Um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, things at a restaurant, you know, types of food. So I'd say learn some Chinese. It'll really help. I mean, it, it, you have no idea. I mean, yeah, there are some places that will speak English. Uh, I mean, Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou, and Shenzhen. A lot of people will speak English, but even in those cities, not everyone's going to speak English. So learn some Chinese and just uh, be open to whatever. Just you know, roll with the punches, uh, and be open to new experiences. Be open to new foods. Be open to travel. Just be open to new stuff. Because if you're not, then you're probably not going to do well here. So yeah, be open-minded and learn some Chinese. Well, that's easily done. I mean, there are plenty of online and free resources to learn it. I don't say you'll get uh, fluent in it, but it's a good beginning. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah and it's amazing how the market has blown up for like learning Chinese. I remember when I came here, there was virtually nothing out there in terms of like smartphone apps and uh, podcasts and things like that. When I first came here, there was a Chinese pod. And there, was, there were only those two uh, podcasts, that was all. And I think there were only like two or three apps in the app store um, for learning Chinese. Like there was almost nothing. And I didn't even have a smartphone. It's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> if you think it's about like it, seven, seven years ago, when there were people living without a smartphone. You can't imagine if you look at it now. It's yeah, insane. yeah. And that, yeah, it, it really is. Uh, it's, I mean, in some ways, it's kind of nice to not have a smartphone, but in some ways, it's really not. Uh, mm -hmm. I know a few people who've simplified their lives here by just having those dumb phones, but... Uh, it's at a big cost now. It's a really big cost now. Yeah, and one que uh, one question about your floor because due to the time difference, you already had a full working day behind you. Um, any tips or suggestions on people who want to start a vlog? Uh, well, anyone who wants to start a vlog, I just say just do it. You know, um, just do it. Uh, and. You know, you don't really have to have the best gear, the best, you know, equipment. If you're going to start a vlog, just find 
you, you just need a couple of things. One, you need a good personality. You need to be comfortable in front of a camera. Two, you need to kind of find a niche, find something that you know you can bring to the table that other people don't. Um, I spent about five or six years before I figured out my niche, which is talking about work and talking about teaching in China. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I've wasted a lot of time by not hammering in on those, um, you know, on that niche. And then the third thing I would say is invest in uh, a microphone, a little microphone that you can plug into your smartphone because uh, a lot mm-hmm. of people don't realize how important audio is making videos people don't necessarily care about watching it in 4k you know or the best quality mm-hmm. they want to be able to hear the information that you're putting out they want to be able to hear what you're saying so get yourself a little microphone for you know eighty dollars you know fifty dollars that's it that's all you got to spend um and you'll get yourself a decent mic so that's all personality a niche and a microphone Sounds not too uh, complicated to me. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, it doesn't have to be complicated unless you want it to be complicated. You can make really fine-tuned videos. You can make thing. You can really step up your editing. You can get that way if if you want to, but it doesn't have to. You don't have to. Okay. Then, is there any final word or anything you want to say? Is there anything I want to say? I want to say, I I, I would just say, when it comes to China, China is so much more than people give it credit for. China is an incredibly huge country. It's bigger than the United States of America. And of course, you know, it's got the, the biggest population of any nation in the world. You know, the opinions and the uh, outlooks on life with Chinese people run the gamut from super liberal to super conservative skin colors you know and and haircuts and fashion and uh, food you know it runs the gamut you have no idea how diverse China is people think of China as a as this just one thing but it's really not it's a Chinese is a collection of languages uh, China is a collection of people groups and it's a collection of of very different cities and you know when you're reading about China try to find sources from many different places in China watch all the different vloggers and listen to all the different podcasts because you'll get a whole lot of different information uh, so that's what I would say don't don't underestimate China and its diversity so there you go okay and I would say uh, thank you for your time and thanks for the interview Oh sure. Well, thanks for thanks for having me on. It was a good time. Pleasure all on my on the joy all on my side. Always great to have people <laughs> on. <laughs> all right. Okay. Sure. Okay. okay. Well, thanks. very much. Thanks. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye.